The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. afternoon and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Good afternoon. You know, there is a mystery about our lives that can only be understood through story and metaphor. Our guest today is a storyteller whose stories and the telling of them bring us closer to our own souls. Dr. Clarissa Pinkola Estes is an internationally acclaimed poet, diplomat, Jungian psychoanalyst, post-trauma specialist, and cantadora, which means she's a keeper of the old stories in the Latina tradition. She's deputy managing editor and columnist writing on politics, spirituality, and culture at the news blog, themoderatevoice.com, and a columnist at the National Catholic Reporter Online. Her published books include The Gift of Story, The Faithful Gardener, and Women Who Run with the Wolves. Women Who Run with the Wolves was first published as a spoken word audio in 1989 by Sounds True, three years before it appeared as a book. It became a classic and was on the New York Times bestseller list for 145 weeks and is now published in 36 languages worldwide, including Turkish and Chinese. Dr. Estes created a 15-volume collection of original best-selling audio works and a 12-part live performance series entitled Theater of the Imagination, broadcast on Pacifica and national public radio networks across America and Canada. Currently, she's about to teach a long-awaited unveiling of the first in a series of six-part online web events entitled The Dangerous Old Woman, Myths and Stories of the Wise Woman Archetype, on Tuesday evenings, beginning April the 6th, at SoundsTrue.com, and we're going to be talking about that very online series today. For her lifelong social activism and writing, Dr. Estes is the recipient of the Las Primeras Award, which means she's the first of her kind, from the Mexican-American Women's Foundation, Washington, D.C., and the President's Medal for Social Justice from the Union Institute, and she is the first recipient of the Joseph Campbell Keeper of the Lore Award. Dr. Estes, you know I've always been a follower of your work, and I'm very excited to have you on the show today. Welcome to the Authentic Living Show. Thank you. I'm honored to be with you. Thank you. Well, we're just going to jump right in. There's just so much you've you've uh, you've been away writing for three decades, so we have some catching up to do. <laughs> One of the things you have said in response to questions about that fact that you've so seldom appeared in public recently is that one cannot fulfill one's calling by being called away. Rather, one fulfills one's calling by filling up. I think this understanding of living is so crucial today. Can you explain what you mean by that? Um, you know, I, um, I have to say that whether you're a mother or a father or um, you're helping to care for your very frail elderly or whether you're involved in you know, work projects or 
um, book, project, that something happens that makes you forget in an inner radar, inner sonar, inner timing, uh, by being called constantly to go do things in the clattering world, the world of noise and cacophony, and that the soul is the timepiece. It's, it's the one that, you know, it has the drum. It's the one who sets the real rhythm of life. And we're taught by the collective overculture that we're supposed to drop everything the minute the clattering world says, come here, do this, do that, do this other thing. And as a result, we'll begin to deteriorate or destroy the connection with the basic heartbeat of the soul, which is our source, this is the life force, the anlagen, the original cell at the middle of everything. So for myself, um, there was a huge sudden door that fell down um, when my first work was published, Women Who Run With the Wolves. Um, there was uh, walls, miles of walls before that that I could not bring my work through. And as a result, uh, some of the world thought, we want you to come. We don't want the work that you've worked 20 years to make. <laughs> we want you. <laughs> yeah. And I felt like I had poured everything I had into my work. And it was there as a feast for people. And they were saying, we want the cook. <laughs> Mm. We want the cook, and I was saying, no, no, eat, eat. (laughs) (laughs) Nourish yourself. Here it is. I'm going back to the kitchen now. (laughs) So I've been in the kitchen for the better part of, um, well, uh, since 1992, actually, um, working on the next part of this trilogy, which is the second part is The Dangerous Old Woman. So you cannot create... Uh, or fashion something, if you go out all the time. On the other hand, you have to go out from time to time because you have to learn things, you have to see things, you have to be with people, but more important, you have to be with watching, observation, perception, seeing more deeply into the world, way beyond the collective culture. I'll then come back and somehow take that out of the soul, run it down your arm, into the pen, and then onto the paper, something like that. Wow, beautifully said. Yeah, I, and I, I was, it's, it's interesting what you just said, that was that we go out into the world, as I heard it, to receive, not, not necessarily to give, but also to receive. I think that if, you're a, if you create, and as I said, if you're a parent, you create every day. If you're a grandmother or a grandfather, you create every day. If you're a writer or a painter or a dancer, you create every day. If you do radio, you create every single day. In fact, probably you, when you are away from the radio station, are doing most of your creation rather than right on the air itself. There's an old story that's told about uh, one of the impressionistic artists, you know, who was sitting in his yard, Monet, you know, looking at the garden, looking at the flowers, and someone passed by and said, "Oh, Monsieur, you are, you are resting." I said, "No, I'm working." And then um, the next day, the same person passed by, and Monet was in his garden again, but he was painting at his easel. I said, ah, oh, monsieur, you are, you are painting now. You are, you are working. I said, no, no, 
Now I'm resting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like that. The creative force as it's taught by the overculture is often just a pile of sticks. But the real creative force is a living being. And it's nourished and nurtured by giving, but by receiving, too. It's a transmission and broadcasting system. Could I put it that way? Oh, yeah. So when you're away from your radio, you're creating. Mm -hmm. You're working. When you're here now with me, I hope, a little bit we're resting with each other. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So now you're about to launch a series of six nights of live online broadcasts at the Fireside, which can be heard on Sounds True uh, starting April 6th, as we said, and which will be about your masterwork, three decades in the writing, called The Dangerous Old Woman, Myths and Stories of the Wise Woman Archetype. What is it about the dangerous old woman that brings you out into what you have called the clattering world to talk about her? Well, first of all, there has never been as large a group of women, imagine this, worldwide, who are, have the capability of having held onto their souls somehow through all their travails, through all the crosswinds. They are marching. They are across the world. And each one of them is interested most definitely in how to bring what they know to the world, the soulful aspect of the world. I was listening to the introduction to your radio program. Oh, that was so beautiful. I love that, thinking outside the box, having ideas that break the conformity, because conformity is so tiny. It's too small, way too small for any living being to live within. I have to live outside of it, because that's where true nature is, our true nature. So to bring the dangerous old woman into the world now is in order to meet this enormous group of women who are across the world and to connect them to each other as a huge tribal group because they are a tribe of the sacred heart is the way that I put it. And, you know, tribes have clans and so I often say scar clan because most all of us have experienced a great something somewhere along the line that not only has hurt us terribly, brought us to our knees often and often more than once, but we also are still standing. We're, I say we're SS, we're still standing. Okay. And the dangerous old woman is the perfect prototype of that. She is, um, people ask me, why, why, how, how is a woman dangerous? You know, she's an espionage or she, <laughs> she's a spy. <laughs> and I say, yes. <laughs> yes, 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 all of the above. But also, and more importantly, she, the dangerous old woman in mythology and fairy tales, most often has broken the mold of the collective culture. She does not live within it. She lives outside of it. And she lives in the woods as a rainmaker, for instance, or she lives under the hill as a seer, S-E-E-R, or she lives in some other dimension entirely or lives in a magical house, like the Baba Yaga, who lives in a house that's on top of a chicken that walks around, the whole house walks around all over the place. <laughs> I love Baba Yaga. So the, <laughs> the dangerous old woman is typified in the oldest stories that I know. And I heard from my old, old refugee and immigrant family members many years ago when I was a little child, where are stories that tell how to go in this world And that being dangerous doesn't have to do with doing harm, 
It has to do with not being predictable. It has to do with saying, you know what? I don't know how she's going to react. You know, actually, the predictability comes from she will act according to the soul. She will act according to the creative spirit. She will act according to protecting what is vulnerable. In other words, what must never be allowed to perish from the face of this earth. And that means care of creatures, care of human beings, of the young, of the elderly, of the frail, of the vulnerable. It means caring for nature, caring for the balance of ecology and nature. Everything that goes on, including care of the temple of her own body, all of these things will come directly from her soul. And she may tap into the culture from time to time and take wisdom, you know, proven wisdom from the culture. But she will tell you, oh, thank you for reminding me of that because I've known it for centuries. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so she is dangerous because she will not conform. Right, right. Well, we're going to talk a little bit more about that tribe in just a few minutes when we come back after the break. We're talking today with Dr. Clarissa Pincola Estes. Tune in again. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. I begin each day with an intention to be open to guidance, to expect guidance, to trust and appreciate when guidance comes. With these intentions, each day is easier to navigate. Hi, I'm Sonia Choquette. When I decided to trust my guidance and further my education, I chose the American Institute of Holistic Theology, A-I-H-T. It's a soulful pathway to deep learning. In my own home, on my own schedule, I earn my Ph.D. in metaphysics. You know, the value of wisdom only grows, and in developing our own gifts, we can help others evolve, too. That's how it works. These self-paced programs in holistic health, metaphysics, holistic ministries, parapsychic science, and holistic theology can embolden your spirit to change the world. And the time has come for us all to do our part in changing the world. So in this moment, call the American Institute of Holistic Theology. The number is 1-800-650-4325. In this moment, visit AIHT.edu. All my love. When I found out my jeans were made using child labor in sweatshops, I wrote a letter to the company saying, reconsider your labor practices. A few months later, I get a letter back saying thanks for being a loyal customer, and they included a coupon for a 25% discount on their jeans. So I got smart, wrote letters every day to all the stores that carry the brand, asking them to stop supporting the companies who use child labor in sweatshops. And I just kept getting letters back thanking me for my concerns and more coupons for more discounts on more jeans. So I'm telling my friend about it, and she flips out, saying that between all the letters and coupons, some paper company cut down a small forest, driving off two indigenous tribes, hundreds of endangered animals, killing thousands of plant species, some of which may have contained vaccines for HIV, cancer, and syphilis. Meanwhile, the guys cutting down the trees are 13-year-old kids who work night and day for months just to save up enough money to buy a pair of jeans made by child labor in sweatshops. Saving the world isn't easy, but saving a life is. Just one pint of blood can save up to three lives. Visit bloodsaves.com to learn more. 
This public service announcement was brought to you by the Ad Council. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. Listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1 866 472 5795. That's 1 866 472 5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back. Uh, very fortunate today to be able to talk to Dr. Clarissa Pinkola Estes about her upcoming online series, The Dangerous Old Woman, Myths and Stories of the Wise Woman Archetype. We were talking before the break about why it is that this old woman that you talk about is dangerous, and you mentioned uh, the tribe, the members of the tribe of the Sacred Heart, and I want to go to that sort of as a collective um, um, look at this. You describe the tribe as people of the soul, people who are uh, alive, I'm putting in my own words now, but alive to the soul, and um, I definitely claim my place among this tribe. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. tell me how we got where we are and where we might be going. Well, you know, I I have this uh, vision that if we called a rendezvous, you know, which uh, out here in the West where I live, rendezvous are long ago in the fur trappers and the native tribes and, you know, all the people who lived in the general desert and plains areas, the um, Spanish Americans who are the people who came with the conquistadores, etc. All the people would gather once a year and every single tribe would show up and every single tribe would do their dances, you know, including the French, including the Anglo people, including the Latinos, who then then were called Spaniards, and everyone would show each other the heart and soul that they belong to, and as a result, they will understand they belong to the same thing, same force, and that is how I would see the gathering of the women of the world, and the men too, because there are men in this world who are, I call them hombres con pechos, which means men with breasts. They, they have mother's milk. They have a strong nurturant function, just the way most women also have a very, very strong warrior function, very strong you know, person who's out front and fierce function. So this group of people is pulled together by their commonality of remembrance, of remembering when they're quiet at night, sometimes early morning, in meditation and prayer, in the actions that they do each day, in their protection of the vulnerable, in their caretaking of the young, in their ways of seeing the world and government, politics, creatures, animals, all the things, they find their commonality and that they're in love. <laughs> they're in love. They're in love with humanity. They're in love with the universe. They treasure the blue sky. They treasure clean water. They treasure clean air. They treasure that wounded people not go without aid. They treasure that there not be war where there is so-called collateral damage, which means literally tens of thousands of civilian people being murdered. So this tribal group comes together 
out of being wounded somewhere in time. Saying, I will never, insofar as it's within my power, allow this to happen to others. And I will dance for it, write for it, act for it, say for it, give money to it, do whatever I can that's within my reach to make this world in the way that the soul sees it, the way the soul sees it can be. Now, the collective consciousness that runs through that group is not the mainstream group. The mainstream group is larger and less conscious, less conscious. Mm -hmm. Usually takes only a segment of culture and protects that segment and usually is a huge amount of uh, desire to do good with that, but it also is exclusionary often. It leaves everyone else out. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, where we have come from is almost every single one of us, and I would go so far as to say each person, you, me, everyone who is within our range of listening, has come from a tribal group for realies that has been amputated tortured, conquered, and murdered. And that it could be last week, as in the case of Somalia, for instance, or as in the case of Ivory Coast, or as in the case of Kosovo, or in the, as in the case of Iraq and Iran, and as, or as in the case of Afghanistan, and many other parts of the world that almost never reach the news. Or it could have happened hundreds of years ago, as in Mexico, which is about 500 years ago now, in 1519, when the conquistadores came and overwhelmed an entire set of two continents, Central and South America. So almost all of us, and I dare say all of us, are survivors of a long line of people who were murdered left and right. And the first people that are killed are the storytellers, the priests, the holy people, the people who can give birth to new children, the young boys, the old people, the teachers, all the people who carry the culture or have the potential to rise up against conquerors. They are the first to go. Think of it. In 500 years, we might be the first generation of people who have a chance to live out our entire lifetimes worldwide and not be silenced. Thank you. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, and, and so what you're saying is that we carry that, that old energy with us and we're creating something new about it. We do. I, I, I have, and I'm, I'll bet you do too, uh, sense my familiares, I sense my ancestors, I sense my elders who have passed from this world that I grew up with. I sense them near, always. They're, we are not just ourselves. We are a um, complex combination of all the energy poured in goodness before us and into us. I can't help but think as a grandmother that what I wish for the people who I will never see born in my family lines, but in all family lines, that I, I can't unbelieve that there was a group of old women, <laughs> dangerous old men and women, long, long ago, who imagined me, who imagined you, 
even though they knew they would never meet you, they blessed you in advance. They said, someday, long after I'm gone, there still will people come, and they will be good, and I bless them, and I want them to come. That's so beautiful. Such a peaceful thought to, to know that we're so connected that deeply. I think that the connection that the culture would have us have is to being productive in the way the culture would like us to be productive, which is, and there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with having livelihood, with being part of social groups, et cetera, et cetera. But it's not the core. Yeah, coming from our core is a little bit foreign to the mainstream. The core, well, the, the <laughs> I remember when um, Tim Russert suddenly died, and I remember Chris Matthews, who is a commentator on um, one of the cable stations, television stations, started out, he, um, Tim Russert was a friend of his, and Tim died at the age of, I don't know, way too young, like yeah. 50, something like yeah. that. And I remember that Chris Matthews, you know, this sort of Chicago kind of commentator guy, and he started out his news hour by saying, Hail Mary, full of grace. Well, you thought that all the lights were going to go off all over the world. And he had said the most horrible thing you ever heard in your life. How dare he pray to the Blessed Mother on television? Except it came straight up out of his soul. Yep. That was his connection, his earliest connection, I would guess to Saul was through Blessed Mother. And that's what he said. And he bowed his head as he said it. And he was utterly sincere. And so the lights went out all over the world because people go, oh my God, you know, he's a pundit, he's a politician, he's a this, he's that, he can't do that. Can't. Of course he can. Yes, he can. And it, because of context, it was utterly sincere. Different than somebody who gets up there and goes, all right, now I'm going to pray over you because all eyes are on me and the cameras are on me and you know, besides I've paid a lot of money to do this. So, and different, it's different, it's different. There's public prayer, there's no doubt, but there's also this personal way of connecting with the soul. And the culture shows so few examples of it. And yet you saw, and others saw too. Do you remember the... Um, weekly television show that was about angels? Yes. To, t- and to Touch an Angel, something like I that. I think, yes. And and as I understand it, that was one of the most popular shows on television. Now, why would that be? <laughs> hmm. I wonder. Why would that be about people who, what, help to protect other people, who believe in miracles? What? Who have wings who can, what, be invisible sometimes? Oh, well... What's invisible? The soul is. What What is winged in the sense of it is not stationary? That's the soul. What is it that intervenes and helps out in the most mundane situations? It's the soul. What has surprising answers for everything? It's the soul. It is the soul. And I would say that the popularity of that television program, and we could say it, you know, very um, empirically, we could say, well, you know, the collective unconscious is such that it carries the inferiority of a sense of the soul, and therefore it is, you know, as you know, it has a difficulty with, you know, connecting to things of the nature of the soul in mundane life, and therefore uh, it canalizes up to the surface in a television show. And people are often thrilled to see it because they haven't seen it for so long. So that would be the psychoanalytic way of saying it. 
but the much more down in the dirt way is simply to say people love the soul oh yeah that's right that's right all right well we're going to be back with another uh segment to talk with dr clarissa pinkola estes stay tuned you don't want to miss it for a transforming world. Seventh Wave Network. Dad, can I ask you something? Sure. There's this girl I kind of like. Say no more. You just have to impress her. Okay, but how? Just, I don't know, pick up a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? You know, desks, chairs, people. Grunt if you have to. Grunt? Yeah, be like, oh! There you go. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. I begin each day with an intention to be open to guidance, to expect guidance, to trust and appreciate when guidance comes. With these intentions, each day is easier to navigate. Hi, I'm Sonia Choquette. When I decided to trust my guidance and further my education, I chose the American Institute of Holistic Theology, A-I-H-T. with a soulful pathway to deep learning. In my own home, on my own schedule, I earned my Ph.D. in metaphysics. You know, the value of wisdom only grows, and in developing our own gifts, we can help others evolve, too. That's how it works. The self-paced programs in holistic health, metaphysics, holistic ministries, parapsychic science, and holistic theology can embolden your spirit to change the world. And the time has come for us all to do our part in changing the world. So in this moment, call the American Institute of Holistic Theology. The number is 1-800-650-4325. In this moment, visit A-I-H-T dot E-D-U. All my love. What can you tell me about SkillsUSA? SkillsUSA teaches you employability skills. So you know how to deal with people, you have teamwork, your resume is going to look awesome. Well, it's important to know your technical skills, but not only that, to have soft skills, the skills of learning how to communicate with people. at skillsusa.org. Awakened media for a transforming world. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free. 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. 
And we're back with Authentic Living, sponsored by the American Institute of Holistic Theology. Go to their website at www.aiht and investigate the school. You might find some wonderful things there that you can learn. We're talking today with Dr. Clarissa Piccola Estes about her upcoming online event called The Dangerous Old Woman, Myths and Stories of the Wise Woman Archetype. And uh, I want to talk about... um, one of the statements that you made uh, that I just really love, uh, you said um, that we are meant as we age to come into the fullest sense of being a soul, a soul who came to earth with a dear and honorable body, a fine mind, and a glowing heart, all these being our most radiant traveling companions. And I love that because it combines body and soul, which is something that uh, traditionally, we try, tend to want to separate. So what is it about our individual evolution that's bringing us to that awareness, and how can we enhance it? You know, I think it's the uh, uh, setting aside of some of the words in the holy books that are not true, that are not godly, that are not of creator, if I could put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, the Some of the words in... Uh, Jewish texts, uh, Christian texts, uh, Muslim texts, and so forth. Speak about slavery. That it's fine. It's fine. Fine to exclude people, fine to hurt people, harm people, beat people, kill people who are slaves because they are not real human beings. And in some cases, they are presumed not to have souls. I think those passages were written in by people who were, for lack of a better word, mean. (laughs) That works. Um, The human that the human body was treated as a slave is not surprising, considering that in many of the holy books that governed a lot of people's lives, that slavery was considered just fine. The body was seen as a work animal. It carries you here. It carries you there. It does this for you. It does that for you. You get to push it beyond its endurance. You get to not take care of it. You get to not feed it properly. You get to not house it properly, not let it rest properly. You feed it the wrong things that make it ill, that make it sick, that make it struggle even harder. And it's all all right, because it's all right to have slaves. I think that the body was severed from our very precious consciousness with the body that we're all born with when we're little babies, that our mothers, if their mother instinct is intact, and our fathers, if their father instinct is intact, that they nourish and protect vociferously that body. They take care of their little body, except then a certain day comes. And then the culture, setting aside the holy books and some of the strange things that they exhort people to do, the overculture takes over then and goes, you know what? Stop jumping. Stop moving. Stop. Sit. You know, they literally, when I was in school, they gave awards for sitting still. Can you imagine? Yeah, they still do. I mean, give awards for the fullness of imagination, for the fire of the creative spirit staying alive in a culture that has buckets and fire hoses just ready to douse you at every turn. Give children awards for that. Oh, that was wonderful. You're really alive. Oh, that's a great idea. Oh, your enthusiasm is so wonderful. I love it that you're so alive. Yeah. 
that. That. And I understand socialization. I understand. I taught it to my children myself. That you have to have quiet time so you can focus or concentrate. But to be quiet, to be quiet, without the soul involved in it, is like being starched and petrified like wood so that all the cells that you have in the body that are living and fluid and moving and jumping, all the atomic masses that flow through us become not quiescent, they become dead. That makes no sense. So the body is attacked by the culture by telling the body to be quiet without any goal other than behavior. And it goes on from there, as you know. Desirability, then, is also taught by the culture. Some people want to argue that it's hardwired. Well, (laughs) Uh, we've all lived long enough to even watch the fashions all the way from Twiggy, right? (laughs) (laughs) All the way forward, up and down, and backward and forward again. We've watched that. A man is supposed to be a triangle on top of a set of hips, right? He's supposed to have very broad shoulders, very narrow way. Yeah, right. Well, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, breast is supposed to be a cer- certain size and a certain shape. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure, fine. Okay. But what we really want to know now from the soul is does this body register love? Does this body register fear? Does it register happiness, joy? Does it register dancing? Does it register warmth? Does it register feeling? Does it register sexual feeling? We don't care about the forms first. We care about does the body have its full mind? Does the body have its full mind? Uncut, unsevered by culture, by old, old, old religious beliefs or at least old mean beliefs that were then somehow religiousized, does the body function? Does the body be its radiant being that it is? Does it openly embrace? Does it walk? Does it enjoy walking? Does it enjoy breathing? Like Everyone who's listening right now should take a really deep breath and realize... <laughs> And the body is made for breathing. <laughs> Most of us are breathing these little shallow breaths like we a little paper bag that we're living in, you know? <laughs> yep. The oxygen nourishes every cell in the body, so breathe. <laughs> is the body free to breathe? You know, long ago when I was a young girl, we wore clothing that literally was meant to make you not breathe. <laughs> we wore girdles and bras that you know, pulled and hauled and lifted and shaped <laughs> pneumatically, yes. you know, whatever was going on. And, and uh, men the same way, they were tied into their three-piece suits with a rope around their neck that's called a necktie, right? <laughs> right. I mean, come on. Yes. So is the body able to be free? The answer is, of course. If it was all tied up in knots, is it able to be free? Yes, again. Yes, yes. Yes and yes, always. Body changes every moment. Cells in it die and new cells are made. And because you have that turnover of atoms, molecules in the body, you can make, shape, do, be, renew whatever is needed with the body. With the dangerous old woman, with the wild woman archetype, with the idea of 
being free to be as one is without compulsions to always be living in a crouch with regard to the body. Certainly not to harm or to deceive anyone, but to have the sacredness of the fullness of the body. That's something that has never been available to women or men worldwide up until very recently. Mm-hmm. And even yet, you almost still have to kind of be a little bit of a radical, which is okay because radical, the word means root, the root, the tap root, the main root of something. You have to be a little bit of a radical to insist on taking care of your body well. So you have people who they don't want to eat gluten because it poisons them. They don't want to eat corn syrup because it absolutely screws up their insulin system. And people who don't want to do this or don't want to do that, they want pure water instead of dirty water, imagine that. And they will go out of their way to get it. And they're they're not quite looked at with the same chagrin and the same scorn as people were 50 years ago who went to, quote-unquote, health food stores. Mm-hmm. which was unheard of at that time. Yeah. But health food stores are really only, as far as I can tell, growing up in a rural area myself, they're only people's retreat back to the ground, back to the earth again. Mm-hmm. They're trying to go back to the dirt, to things that come straight out of the dirt, that are clean when they went in as seed, that they were not poisoned while they were growing, and that now they can nourish people. So all of the collective culture has really strange ways of offering nourishment, whether it's to the body, or as we were talking about before, to the soul, to the mind, to the heart, to the spirit. Spirit is the animating force of the psyche. And very early on, we're told it's okay to mistreat the mind and the body, that we should shut it down, that it is all right, perfectly all right, to treat it like a slave and to misuse and abuse it. And it isn't. It isn't. We have to try to try as hard as we can to recognize the body is a being in its own right that carries us forward and never asks us until it gets sick for pay. Hmm. It is a loyal friend. It is as much as Siddhartha's friend who accompanied him everywhere. That loyal, that sweet, that kind, that loving to us. Yeah, that's a radical. That is radical for a lot of people, and I and I really do believe it takes some kind of trust for us to be able to trust the earth to give us uh, food that we can eat without us having to pesticide it and you know all that poison it so that it will be okay for us to eat. We have to trust nature. We have to trust our bodies to be able to to give us and us to give them what they need. I think I think that's a. Uh... That's a, the deal that was made long ago, as I remember in every creation story I've ever read. Creator, no matter where it comes from, whether it comes from the Chukchi Sea, which is up near, um, way far north in Alaska, the tribal people in a, in a park up there, or whether it comes from the Aztec, who are actually called the Nahua people. They are um, the way that people create their creation stories is that whoever did the creation created food that was clean and clear for the souls that would consume it. Hmm. Yeah. Well, there it is, the ground root of it. Well, we're going to be back for our final segment, sad to say, with Dr. Clarissa Pinkola Estes. Stay tuned.
awakened media for a transforming world. Seventh Wave Network. I begin each day with an intention to be open to guidance, to expect guidance, to trust and appreciate when guidance comes. With these intentions, each day is easier to navigate. Hi, I'm Sonia Choquette. When I decided to trust my guidance and further my education, I chose the American Institute of Holistic Theology, A-I-H-T. with a soulful pathway to deep learning. In my own home, on my own schedule, I earned my Ph.D. in metaphysics. You know, the value of wisdom only grows, and in developing our own gifts, we can help others evolve, too. That's how it works. These self-paced programs in holistic health, metaphysics, holistic ministries, parapsychic science, and holistic theology can embolden your spirit to change the world. And the time has come for us all to do our part in changing the world. So in this moment, call the American Institute of Holistic Theology. The number is 1-800-650-4325. In this moment, visit aiht.edu. All my love. America is facing a skilled workforce shortage. SkillsUSA can help. What is SkillsUSA? SkillsUSA is life-changing. SkillsUSA is awesome. SkillsUSA is one of the biggest opportunities life can give you. SkillsUSA is amazing. SkillsUSA is motivating. SkillsUSA specifically prepares you for the workforce. SkillsUSA empowers students to connect with a network of people, starting with their classmates, to their advisors, to other people in their states. SkillsUSA allows students to connect with business and industry, to manage their education, and to really get a feel of the real world. I'm doing something now that's going to be applicable in the real world, and those skills are going to be useful today in school and in five years when I'm working and for the rest of my life. On the web at SkillsUSA.org. to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back with our final segment with Dr. Clarissa Pinkola Estes talking today about her upcoming online series called The Dangerous Old Woman, Myths and Stories of the Wise Woman Archetype. Um, you know, what I want to ask you about now is this thing about seeing. It, one of the things that you said is that uh, in our gathering years, seeing becomes being. And uh, you also spoke in Mother Night about learning to see in the dark. And I don't know whether those are the same two things or not, but can you explain the meaning of that? Yes, I, I can. Uh, I can. At least I can make a start at it. I think it's a, like an 18-hour conversation. <laughs> Okay, well, please, we'll have to come back more hours later. And that's just the introduction. <laughs> but, okay. But, um, 
I, I, I would say this, that I've noticed, when, before I wrote The Dangerous Old Woman in the manuscript form that it's in now, which is 700 pages long, it has, uh, based on research I did when I was in my doctoral program, I interviewed 70 elderly people over age 70, who at this point in time, being not that far away from age 70 myself, I'm um, thinking that that was really young, <laughs> but when I was in my early 30s, it seemed very old. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, I interviewed them about meaning. What is meaning? What is meaning in their life? What is wisdom? What is wisdom in their life? And one of the things I remember hearing, but also learned as decades went on myself, was that being right and being loving are often at odds with each other. That being able to see that all could be forgiven if all were understood. That even the most egregious things can be forgiven. doesn't mean forgotten. Forgiven. No more debt owed to me. Forgiven. If all could be understood. And the only way a person comes to understanding is to see. To see into. To see beyond. To see underneath. To see around the corners. To see the invisible but present. So... Being right is, I think, uh, for many people, and I'll include myself in that too, uh, a stage of development that we all go through. We learn it from the culture. This is right. And this is not right. And the the, uh, the way of looking at that, you know, is a black and white, um, and perhaps should be about some things, but also it can become a habit so that a person is always seeking what's wrong so they can say, you're wrong. Mm -hmm. And particularly in the raising of children, in the way of loving your mate, in the way of having friendships, they cannot be based on, uh, you're wrong. They have to be based on, I love you. And that's one of the things that occurs, and it does, deeply occurs, more and more, the more you gather years. So if zero to ten is one decade, then I'm in the middle of my seventh decade. And I sense that there are, and I deeply sense, that there are gifts that are given to us as we grow older, as we gather more years. And we have a choice to take them or not. But one of them most certainly is, if whenever you can, be loving instead of being right. Who cares about whether you're right or not? If it's about grown-ups, they pretty much know what they're doing already. You know, right, wrong, or indifferent. They already, you're not going to be able to correct them. I know, I know some people think they're here to correct the world. <laughs> Been there, done that too. I mean, haven't we all? <laughs> yep. Yes, and you shall, and you will, and you. <laughs> Wait, I have to go get my military uniform on. <laughs> Wave the flag. You know, but no. Ultimately, no, I don't think, I don't think Creator is ever going to say, like, what did you do on earth to correct people? <laughs> really? I say, what, what did you do when it was not easy to love, for instance? 
What did you do when you were conflicted? What did you? And that doesn't mean to say you put up with anything and everything and you become a doormat. Not at all, not even a little bit, in fact. Mm-hmm. But what I do know is that seeing into yourself, taking the course, the university course on seeing Andrea, on seeing Dr. E, on seeing whoever, whoever, that that will bring you to love and understanding. That is way beyond the teeny tiny eensy thing about I'm going to correct you or you're right or wrong. doesn't matter. doesn't matter. What if everyone has already made their promesas, as we say, our promesas with their deal, the promises to God before they were born that they would enact in certain ways, they would be born to certain people, they would do certain things in life. In order to flourish their soul experience and their soul learning. But what that mean, would mean, I'll just entertain it just for a moment, those people who don't normally think that way. Just think, does this mean that everyone has their destiny along with free will? Does this mean that they may have made promises you know nothing about? Mm-hmm. You have no idea. I note that as we grow older, there is agony as always, over choices we or others make that hurt. But also, there is a true knowledge that we are probably the only ones on the face of this earth who can walk with this at this moment, that we are made for it. So I always tell people, don't lose heart. We're made for this. And we're made for these times, because these times are not that we live in are not it's happy-go-lucky, everything's utopia. No, there are huge, enormous clashes worldwide. That's why that enormous tribe of the Sacred Heart walking across this earth with full knowledge and often resources of mind, heart, soul, body, and spirit can affect things within their reach, in their own families, insofar as they can, in their own neighborhoods, in their own school systems, in their own societies, they can affect things. And they have more power as a result of coming straight up out of the soul than they will ever have if they try to come through the collective set of ideas that are so too tiny for people to live in. Yeah, there's power. That's the power. Huge, 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 huge. And as you know, a lot of people are not afraid that they will fail. They're afraid of how enormous the soul really is. Absolutely. Well, I'm sad to say we have to end our conversation today, Dr. Estes, and uh, I hope we can do this again sometime. And um, so thank you again so much for participating in this conversation with me and with our listeners. And I will... um, we will be talking again sometime soon. All right. Come hear us at the fireside on, I think it's Tuesday, April 6th in the Tuesday, evening. Tuesday, April the 6th. For the dangerous right. old woman. She's going to be right there at the fireside with the tribe of the Sacred Heart, Scar Clan. That's right. Thank That's you, right. Andrea. Thank You're you very so welcome. Much. Thank you. And tune in again next week to hear David Ord when he talks about lessons in loving. And remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself.
Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week.